Welcome to Top Advisor Marketing, where you will learn how to become a prolific online influencer, attract more ideal clients, and grow your practice. Brought to you by Top Advisor Podcasting, a done-for-you podcasting solution built just for trusted advisors. And now, your co-hosts of Top Advisor Marketing, Kirk Lowe and Matt Halloran. Hello and welcome to another Top Advisor Marketing Podcast. Today, uh, we have financial advisors on the podcast. Now, many of you will say, well, Matt, why in God's name would you put financial advisors on the pro- uh, the podcast? And it's one, because they have a podcast, and two, because they do something so unique and different and utilize their marketing in such a fun way that I thought it would just be really, really neat to have an opportunity to interview them and to pick their brains so that hopefully all of you can figure out what they've done and how you can implement that into your practice. Danielle Granger, Nava CFP, and also Dustin Granger, they are with Toujours Planning, which means always or continuing, which I thought was a really brilliant marketing uh, technique. And also you guys said that this was a, a family motto. Is that right? Correct. Yes. When we uh, are all on vacation or anywhere together as a family, we always cheers and say, toujours granger. Nice. Nice. Now, did I just pronounce it? Was it? No, you said it right. Oh. We go by Granger, but <laughs> since toujours French oh, and yeah. our name actually used to be pronounced French. So we just, you know, lay it on thick. Gotcha. Gotta love laying it on thick. Well, thank you guys very much for being on the show. I always start off with the exact same question with everybody. Tell me a little bit about your history. Why, one, did you ever become a financial services professional? And two, how did the practice develop and and how did you guys partner together? Thank you, Matt. Uh, Yeah, we never knew really that we would be financial advisors. So we grew up in a family where our father was a financial advisor since 1980. But he never talked about the business while we were growing up, like ever. <laughs> you know, we saw him stressed and he, he gave us a little bit of, uh, uh, I guess, market stress, even though we didn't understand the market. But that was the kind of household that, that we lived in at that time. So it all started after college, really, for me. In 2004, my father called me one day and asked if I wanted to join the business. And I said, sure, I'm, I'm, I'm open to that, but what do you do? <laughs> so, uh, he went in and explained, uh, what he did. And I said, sure, I'll, I'd love to try that. So that was 15 years ago. And I started with AG Edwards, which doesn't exist anymore. And, um, within two years I got my CFP. So in 2006, I got my CFP and then all hell broke loose with the financial crisis. Well, before that, we got bought out by Wachovia Securities. Then the financial crisis happened, and then we switched to Wells Fargo. So there was a lot of stuff going on then. Then is when we started to, or at least since I got my CFP, I started doing a lot of financial planning for clients. And I realized that our clients that had financial plans handled the financial crisis a little bit better than the ones that didn't. Uh, Because the world that my dad came from, the stockbroker world from the from the eighties, is a whole lot different than what we were what I started doing in the mid two thousands. And during that time, I started recruiting my sister. Um, it took quite a while. She was she she's a little bit younger than me. She was more focused on marketing, but I'd been recruiting her for years. And in two thousand fifteen, she finally came over. Finally convinced her. It just seemed to work out. Yeah. Um, Dustin mentioned our growing up. If anything, you may be thinking, well, of course y'all are financials advisors because your dad is, but if anything, it 
it made me personally want to run in the opposite direction, watching him stress out all the time. And I was always intimidated by the industry. Plus, I really loved marketing. So in 2015, I got the call from Dustin. He said, hey, I'm really ready to grow now. Um, you're my number one choice. You have it if you want it. And for me, it was just a, a timing. It was a good timing. Um, and also, he promised me that I could use my marketing skills here, which is kind of what leads us to a lot of our conversation today. But he promised me a podcast and um, that, you know, he was already explaining how he wanted to start doing things differently. So that really was attractive to me. I was settling down at the time. We always wanted to work together. I always tell people we are brother and sister, but we're actually friends huh. first. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's where we are. And I've been in the industry for three years. One thing that she left out is, uh, oh, sorry, four years. Oh yeah. <laughs> Whenever I was recruiting her, I, when we were talking about the podcast and everything, we decided then that we were going to go independent uh, away from Wells Fargo Advisors because we couldn't do any of that stuff over there. Mm -hmm. So uh, uh, she came over and we started planning our, our exit from Wells Fargo and we started our own company in 2017, in March of 2017. So uh, we dove right into podcasting not long after that. And uh, we've had quite a journey here the last uh, two years. So talking about a journey, uh, you do something that is fundamentally different than other financial services professionals, because most advisors seem to focus on the 55 and older crowd, people who are preparing for retirement. You guys are on the other end of the spectrum. That's really hard work. Uh, how did you guys do that? And why did you do that? Well, it must be said that the core of our clients right now are retirees and pre-retirees. That's thanks to our dad and Dustin building up the business. But what happened was when we started the podcast, um, we thought we were clever in having multiple ideal client avatars, several niches, if you will. And so we thought we're going to have the podcast that is really educating a younger base. And we're going to talk about whatever we're interested in, whatever piques our interest that day, some financial stuff, peppered in there. And then, you know what, on the marketing side, away from the podcast, we're going to go after women over 50. We thought this was genius. So we could continue to build our business and make it profitable. What happened was through the podcast, we actually started because we have such an entrepreneurial spirit. And a lot of the topics we talked about have to do with being an entrepreneur, um, marketing and living like your ideal life, a lot of interests that um, young professionals or millennials are interested in. And we started interviewing guests who we were like, wow, these are the people we want to work with. These kind of millennials. So they're in their late 20s, early 30s, and they're building these really uber successful online businesses. And um, they're faced with a lot of complications when it comes to money because they're all of a sudden coming into a lot of money. And also we just enjoyed our chats with them. We have a lot of the same philosophies, um, had a lot in common. We thought, you know what, what if we switched our niche? And it doesn't make sense anyway that we're chasing two foxes. They're both getting away. So that's when at the end of 2018, we decided to go all in with a niche of the online millennial entrepreneur. That's kind of how it led to us coming to that decision. 
But yeah, I just wanted to add something to that. And also one thing we noticed is after a couple of those interviews, when the mics cut off or when we stopped recording, they started asking us uh, some advice. Hmm. And then we realized, hmm, you know, there's there's something there. Well, that's one of the most awesome things that happened. You know, uh, Kirk and I were, were talking about doing a podcast about, you know, after I'll see you on the other side of the mic, because that's my closing, uh, because there is so much stuff. In fact, I just had another podcast right before you guys. Uh, and um, she's she's a sales maverick and all of these different things. And, and after we got done, there was some very interesting conversation, which, you know what, guys, is probably going to happen with us, too. Now, I want to talk about the podcast. Now, I am very, very partial to podcasts. We run a podcast company for financial services professionals, just like you guys. How did you guys... One, get it through compliance. Number two, um, how do you come up with your topics? And then the third question is, how do you get distribution? How are you getting ears listening to you? Great questions. I'll go ahead and answer. Um, the first one, when we were deciding to leave Wells Fargo and we were being recruited by um, other firms, LPL piqued our interest right away because you know, as, as we were being recruited, these are the questions we asked them. Hey, what can we do content, content production-wise and social media-wise with you guys? And we discovered early on we would be able to have a podcast. Um, and so we, they kind of promised that. So we thought, yeah, you know, and we could definitely, you know, be on YouTube as well. That was very attractive. So we just did our homework and made sure we could do it. Getting it through compliance, it it was difficult in the beginning because, as you know, podcasting is a lot of work. Um, but it actually kind of helped us because we had to submit so much in advance. And in podcasting, you do have to be on your game. You have to be organized and you sometimes have to batch and you have to record well in advance to have time to edit and do all the things you need to do to get it live. So um we just had to submit everything. So everything from the artwork for, you know, the podcast, the, the, no, the description that shows up in iTunes to um, outlines for the show. That's kind of how we did it in the beginning was um, they wanted to see the outline of everything we were talking about, which again, helped us to come up with our topics and exactly what was what we were going to talk about. We were super nervous about it. So it helped us to write everything down. So we would submit the outline in advance. They would either make notes or edits. You know, we have to do a disclosure within the podcast. And eventually we just got to the point where we just submit the raw audio. Because at this point we have a relationship with compliance and we know what's out of bounds, what we can and cannot say, what what they're probably going to have a problem with. So it's um, pretty fluid right now. How are you getting listens and people to download and to, to subscribe? Uh, the million dollar question. <laughs> you know, we are still, you know, trial and error with that. We, you know, are trying to simultaneously build up our social media followings, our email lists. We're trying to, you know, there's kind of like a, I think of it as a, a circle. You know, you have your content, your content gets pushed to social media, gets pushed to email, those emails and social media then push you back to the podcast. So um, very early on, I will say we were uh, 
aggressive in starting our email list. So everything kind of had an email capture behind it. We, in the beginning, especially that first year we did, we were very heavy in offering freebies and lead mag, uh, lead magnets and email captures. So we have a weekly email list that goes out and it talks about the episode um, and it points them to our show notes, which has additional free content. Um, we're very active on social media. We have a marketing team that helps us keep all of that moving. I, I believe we're on, we're on Pinterest. We have some things on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. Um, and we are always talking about it in real life too. Anytime we come in touch with anyone, we're always trying to get new eyeballs to it. But that is, you know, that is the million dollar question. We're still trying to figure that out. Oh, I will add one of the best ways to get new eyeballs in it. And we started doing this more this year is interviewing people. So we were like, well, that's why most podcasts are interviews, because when you interview someone and they promote that episode, you get in front of and you get that reach of their audience as well. So that really helped us um, get a boost you know, anytime we have, especially when we land a guest with a strong following, that's always super helpful as well. How are you finding these guests and, and what are you doing to court them to be on your podcast? So it's it's a combination of Dustin or I will come across an entrepreneur on social media, a lot of times Instagram and our marketing team, they're out in Nashville, they're millennials, and they're in that that space of online entrepreneurs. So they know a lot of those target guests as well. And so it's either myself right, reaching out via email and, you know, laying out like what it all would entail while we want them on their show. And, the, and our marketing team does the same. They hmm. kind of, it's like an ask email and here are the topics we would like to discuss with you. One thing that we forgot to mention earlier too is Danielle used to have, or she still does have a massive Instagram following uh, for showmeyournola.com or well, it's not.com <laughs> show me your Nola. And you had lots of creative entrepreneurs, online entrepreneurs following you. So you had a lot of relationships with these people. Yeah. It's not a massive following, but it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a loyal following. It's mm -hmm. a side blog I have about new Orleans. So we did get a lot of interest. I kind of leveraged that audience and said, Hey, I'm doing this podcast. Come check it out. So, um, that's always helpful too. Yeah. Well, so you use the same system that we actually teach our clients, which is, uh, you know, after you get your thought leadership in the can, then we start, finding centers of influence, uh, ideal targets, local celebrities, local business owners that do have some of that that uh, network panache or appeal or celebrity. And then we ask them to get on, uh, on, on the advisors podcast too. So that's fantastic. Obviously, it works. It's worked for you guys and it works very, very well for our clients. When you're tailoring your marketing to a younger audience though, how have you changed and altered your brand and your messaging to to attract them to when they get to your website, they they feel like, well, you're my people. How have you helped create that tribe? Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the website because that was the very first thing we wanted to update when we decided to change our niche and it needed to be welcoming to millennials. So whoever's listening, you may know there's a 
certain websites out there that are kind of um, cookie cutter, you know, for advisors. So we knew immediately, even the more modern ones, you know, they have come a long way. Those, those companies that build websites for advisors, they've come a long way, but it still didn't make the cut for us. We wanted to build something from the ground up. Um, that was a great experience for someone and something that takes them on a journey or story, something that offers them value right away. That was really important for us. So if you go check out our website, toujourplanning.com, I'm sure you'll include it in the show notes. Um, you can see it's, it's very attractive to a younger audience. And, um, we updated our, our, our colors right away. We kind of did a, you know, we had a, a young graphic designer create something very modern to us. And more importantly, the messaging is really what needed to change. Our industry is famous for <laughs> spitting out jargon and words that make themselves feel smart, but nobody else understands. So we're very conscious about speaking in plain English and layman's terms. And we also, in our emails and our show notes and um, social media, we, uh, again, we break it down really simply, but we like to add emojis and fun sayings and we use memes on our social media, um, all things that not only induce understanding in a simple way, but also that are fun and encourage engagement. Hmm. Yeah, I'll add a little something to that too, because... Uh, the type of target audience we're going after with uh, online entrepreneurs, we knew we needed a sophisticated website that would appeal to them and not turn them off. Mm. Uh, so that was uh, rule number one. And and we're we're millennials ourselves. We're the elder. We're elder millennials. <laughs> <laughs> so we're almost Gen X, but we're classified now as millennials. So Dustin's almost Gen X. <laughs> <laughs> So we did lots of research because uh, millennial, you know, there's like a 20 something year period. So uh, a lot of people that are five or 10 years younger than us have quite a, it's, they're classified in a different way. Mm -hmm. uh, so we did a lot of research, um, tried to figure out what, and we're still trying to figure out our target audience, like what really connects with them. And we're always building our message around that. My favorite thing about your website is there aren't any, uh, really old white couples walking on a beach on a boat, yeah. you know, that that's the sort of stuff that drives me absolutely insane. Yep. And Hey, guilty as charged. Our website used to have that, mm -hmm. you know, that's what we, we thought was the way to go. And again, this is just journey we're learning, but yes, we want, well, this is very important for, because we are not, we say online millennial entrepreneurs, but within that is a very, uh, we want all people of all walks of life to feel comfortable. So mm. to us, it's important to have imagery where somebody lands, they, they see themselves. Mm -hmm. there. I think that's uber, uber important. Yeah, um, absolutely. I, that's that, that is uh, one of the golden nuggets that you've already given us. And I, I appreciate that. Now I'm going to have to play devil's advocate here and I don't do this very often on the show, but I can just hear my listeners saying, well, but online entrepreneurs who are young, they don't have any money. How do you guys bridge the gap? How do you help people and still make a living? Great question. So we're actually, when we say 
online millennial entrepreneurs, we're actually talking about seven figure online entrepreneurs because there are a growing number of them out there. So we were, are really going after the big fish. Um, we realized that all the little fish on the way are going to be caught in the net as well. So that's something, I don't know if now's the time to talk about it, but, um, but specifically going after the big fish, our requirements, and we clearly state this on our website, um, that you have to have $500,000 in investable assets, or you are making close to $70,000 a month. So we, yeah, we did a, this was a conundrum for us when we decided to take this route with this niche. And we knew early on, we had to draw the line in the sand and say, we, we really need those big fish. And we realized that it is extremely hard to catch. And, and I'll be honest, we haven't caught one yet. We have a couple on the line, but we're very aware that this is a long-term approach. These are people who are hard to catch. And when you do, they may not, you know, be paying you well if you get them. But the way we see it is we're young, we're millennials. If we start trying, putting out the nets now to catch them when they're making, you know, close to fifty, seventy thousand dollars $70,000 a month, they're quickly going to accumulate $500,000 plus dollars mm-hmm. in assets to invest within a couple of years. Mm-hmm. So we're really saying, Hey, we're planting the seeds now. Um, and in a little while we can talk about what we're going to do with those little fish. And like I mentioned earlier, right now, the bread and butter of our clientele are retirees mm-hmm. that are, um, paying our bills right, right now. <laughs> so, so, but let, let's, t- so first off, thank you for saying that. Uh, very, very rarely do we get people on who truly understand that, marketing, especially niche marketing like you guys have done, is a long game. You know, this is not a sprint. This is even more than a marathon. This is like an ultra marathon. And if you plan for it well, five years from now, which is going to go by in a blink of an eye, five years from now, you're going to be squarely in that niche because you put the time and the work in. So congratulations on that. You guys are both freaking geniuses for thinking about that now because it's only going to help you guys grow and, and sustain and really work with the people that you absolutely love. We had a gentleman who contacted us a little while ago. He worked with radiological oncologists, but it took him seven years to build up that he's the guy that everybody who's a radiological oncologist goes to. And by the way, they got a crud ton of money because they are making 70 a month and nobody talks to them because they're not doctors, right? They're not surgeons. They're not whatever. So anyway, um, well done there. and And thank you for saying that because, and to anyone who is on a similar journey of, of niching their marketing, it's, it's, it's really hard because, Mm -hmm. Like you said, it could take years, and and I'm I'm love to hear that story seven years because there's nobody else doing this, so we don't have a barometer for how long this is going to take. And when you're in the thick of it and you're trying to figure things out, you want to abandon ship a lot. Mm-hmm. You want to go to what's easy because you're like, well, what are we doing all this for? Mm-hmm. Like, are we just? You feel like an idiot a lot of the times because mm-hmm. you're like, you're not seeing a lot of results in the beginning, and we just have to constantly remind ourselves. We're still in the beginning. Hey, we just switched our niche at the beginning of 2019. Like you got to have a lot of perspective and you have to be able to transform into that bird's eye view. 
and we're noticing too, um, you know, we're starting to break into the networks a little bit. Uh, we're starting to become friends with uh, some of these people and we can see the future in that because again, there's no other financial advisor out there that is known as the online entrepreneur financial advisor. And we just have to keep that in mind. Hey, a few years from now, we could be known nationwide as the one to go to. That's our goal. Well, and Kirk, who is our marketing and branding genius here at the company, created this continuum. We call it the influencer and continuum. And normally it's going to take 10 to 15 years to squarely settle yourself into a niche. But what we've found is by, and this is what you're doing, so congrats on this, that you can speed that up to three to five years if you podcast and are aggressive on social, especially if you're marketing to people who are actively on social, whether that's Instagram, Snapchat, Pinterest, LinkedIn, Facebook, whatever, Twitter, as long as you have this omnipresent, ever-present thing, you know, communication has fundamentally changed. People want to be communicated to in the medium that they prefer when they're there. And that's why social is so powerful. That's why podcasting is so powerful. Because guess what? You put out a podcast like we're doing right now. Somebody might listen to this three years from now, right? It's ever present. It's always there. Um, Your thought leadership is there when they want to consume it, which is super powerful. Before we do wrap up today, I I do want to talk a little bit about the little fish because a lot of advisors just don't deal with the little fish. You've got a $500,000 account minimum. What do you do with the little fish? So we are in the process of developing a online course. So we're going to, it's going to be a DIY financial planning online course. It's going to be, you know, a flat fee. You know, we haven't decided on the price, but that's something we'll start marketing to our broader social media audiences. So we can say, Hey, you know, you may not have the money now, but let us help you get there. Mm -hmm. You know, here's how you do it. You can't afford us right now, but we want to cultivate and indoctrinate those smaller fishes right now and help them get to the $500,000 in assets so that when they do, there's not a question in their mind. They're coming straight to us. You're building the loyalty, right? And that that's absolutely brilliant. Well, Danielle, Dustin, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being on the podcast today. Uh, we are definitely going to have the uh, links to the show notes uh, to, to your website. Uh, would you want us to put your Instagram show notes or link in there too? You can put all the links you Sweet. want to. You oh, yeah. All yeah. the places. You, you yeah. know what? Uh, you, you may, I'm totally going to do that, just so you know. So that's absolutely okay. awesome. Well, thank you guys both very much for being on the show. All right. Thanks for having us, Matt. Yeah, thank you, Matt. There's a couple of things that just came out that I want to highlight here at the end of the show. <clears throat> Number one, Danielle and Dustin did this on their own. And if you heard, one of the things that they said was podcasting is difficult. And it is when you do it all on your own. When you have a trusted person in your corner who has done over a thousand podcasts like we have here at Top Advisor Marketing, it isn't that difficult. We handle all of the difficult things for you. And all you have to do is spend two and a half hours with us a month and we take care of everything else. All of your syndication, all of your production, all of your editing, intro, outro. We even help you come up with the podcast topics and outlines to submit 
to compliance. Now, I've never really done any sort of a commercial like that on the podcast, but I think Danielle and Dustin could have sped this time up and made it just even easier for themselves if they would have even, they might not even know we existed. So uh, I wanted to go ahead and say that. And of course, if you know anybody who needs to subscribe to the podcast, make sure you share this podcast with them. Uh, if you know somebody who wants to contact them because they're looking at getting into the niche, please make sure you check those show notes because that will be fantastic. You can find great information and check out their super awesome website, which I love by by the way, because it is exactly talking to their target market. If you have any ideas uh, for the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast, all you have to do is email me at topadvisorm, matt at topadvisorm, that M's for marketing.com, uh, or you can go ahead and connect with me on LinkedIn. If you want to know anything else about what we do here at uh, Top Advisor Marketing, again, just go ahead and email me or connect with me on LinkedIn. And with that, we'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Are you ready to change the way you communicate with your clients? Are you tired of being the best kept secret in your area? Learn how to become a prolific online influencer, attract more ideal clients, and grow your business. Contact us today and see what the power of podcasting can do for your business. Click on the Contact Us link on our website at topadvisormarketing.com and set up a call to learn more. Follow us on LinkedIn and Facebook for more updates and information.